Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Spoiler Cast, a Hungry Gamers offshoot that aims to inform, entertain, and educate you all on one particular release from within the geek culture universe. And on this episode, we're tackling none other than a game that was released recently on the 7th of October of 2021, scoring 74 for PlayStation 5, 76 on PC, and 79 for Xbox Series X on Metacritic developed by several teams at Ubisoft and published by Ubisoft. Today, we're talking about first person, most of the time, action adventure shooter known as Far Cry 6. And what is Far Cry 6, I hear hear you ask? Well, it's set in the present day, set in a fictional Caribbean island known as Yara, which is loosely based on a modern day Cuba, ruled as a dictatorship by El Presidente Anton Castillo, who is portrayed by Giancarlo Esposito, who is raising his son Diego, played by Anthony Gonzalez, to follow in his rule. The player takes the role of guerrilla fighter Danny Rojas, voiced by either Nisa Gunduz or Sean Ray, attempting to topple Castillo and his regime. And joining me on this version of Guerrilla Radio, my <laughs> amiibo, or my amigo, depending on if you want to go the video game route or Far Cry 6. You can find him on them socials at Jono himself. Australia's Jono himself, welcome to the Liberation Army. How you doing? Lights out. Get rid of radio. <laughs> Turn this podcast up. Welcome <laughs> back. We have both recently completed Far Cry 6, a game mm. that has been out now for eight days at time of recording. We just wanted to quickly shout out those legends over at Ubisoft, providing myself with a key for Xbox Series X, as well as Jono with a key for his PlayStation 5. So you're going to get some similar impressions, I'd say, with how this baby ran on our respective platforms. But JP, shall we jump into it and uh, maybe talk about our overall general thoughts? What was our experience with Far Cry 6? Thumbs mm. ups, thumbs downs, all that kind of stuff. Lead us off, good sir. Yeah, so we'll keep it spoiler free to start off with, but this is a Far Cry game. It's very Far Cry. That's probably the, the most, you know, basic thing you can say about it but it's also just so true like as you pick this game up if you've played the others if you played far cry 5 a couple years ago it just feels like you're right back there again it's a new coat of paint it runs a bit smoother it looks a bit nicer and there are some subtle changes to the environments in gameplay obviously like the literal environment of the cuban setting is very different to montana or wherever it is in america but when i say environments i'm talking about the way that you know you interact with the wildlife or the the enemies or in the hub areas so it is uh yeah it, it is there are some small differences but for like the most from the most basic sense of, of it, it it is another fire cry is that a feeling that you had as you were playing through yeah 100 percent. like anyone that's played 20 minutes of far cry one through to six and all the dlc and offshoots you're going to feel right at home picking this up on console or PC and and gunning down countless of evil individuals. It's it's just mm-hmm. familiar. It's that nice, chaotic, open-world comfort food that I think we all love. And yeah, like it has, has a fresh coat of paint and does some changes from the traditional formula that happens with every subsequent Far Cry release. But it um, certainly feels like home, you could say. Like if, you, if you've uh, engaged in a Far Cry over the last decade or so, You'll uh, yeah, not feel uh, out of out of your element in Far Cry 6 running around Yara and uh, living your best guerrilla life, as they like <laughs> to say. Are we going to... I got to say, like, 
my ignorance is probably the biggest thing with that. Like I always thought, and maybe Zach De La Rocca and the guys at uh, Rage Against the Machine confused me as well with Gorilla Radio as the song name. But obviously you hear that that sort of Latin tongue roll that they do in Far Cry 6 where it's, you know, it's a gorilla instead of a gorilla, you know, as, as us, us ignorant whiteys say. Yeah. Have, which way are you going to lean into the full sort of uh, Yara pronunciation or are you just going to uh, keep it keep it rage and uh, gorilla, mate? Gorillas. Gorillas, yeah. I can't roll my R's and stuff like that very well. So I'm just going to go with the Aussie-fied everything on this. So apologies to any... Uh, Latin listeners or Spanish speakers because we'll definitely be butchering some of the terms and some of the names and man there's a lot of a uh, lot of Spanish in this game a lot of Spanish and it's it's awesome to see and I've I uh, I turned the subtitles off in the game just to get a bit more of a cinematic experience as I like mm-hmm. to do with these these big uh, narrative-based beasts. So there was a couple of um, Spanish words that did get thrown around on the screen where without the subs, I didn't completely okay. understand at first. So I had to yeah. pay more attention and understand. <laughs> like I didn't lose any of the, the main story going on here, but it uh, it felt great. It's just a big, interactive, explosive melodrama, this game, and I love it. Yeah, I have seen some... Uh critique of the way that and it's not just this game but you know i noticed it in cyberpunk and pretty much any representation of of these cultures how they just like pepper their english sentences with spanish words which people you know at least the latin americans that i've seen talk about it are like that's not how people talk um so i guess my point is that we're coming at this from the perspective of two white guys in Australia and our understanding of this, apart from maybe some interactions with people online or in our travels across the world, we're looking at it through probably mostly through what we've experienced in games and movies and and TV as far as like, is this true to to life? Like we don't really know. Um, I, I can say like, I didn't find playing the game like problematic, like a lot of, some of the some of the discourse out there is about the way that the uh, the the subject matter is handled, the the I guess the nuances of of the politics in Cuba and that kind of thing. This isn't the podcast probably to listen to for a deep dive into that and to uh, understand whether they've portrayed the the culture in an accurate or fair way. Um, I wish I knew more about that, but I simply don't by matter of being on the other side of the world. So we probably won't be diving into that side of it. Yeah, no, nah, I think I think you put a put a nice bow on that that whole statement you just said there. Yeah, we're not going to be getting into the the nitty gritty and the semantics and the temperature check as far as how things are going in in Cuba and the comparisons and nods that Yara may or may not showcase mm-hmm. in this game. But um, yeah, we're we're just two white dudes, and I'm a white country bumpkin from a tiny little little you know pinhole of a town so uh my opinions aren't always accurate and my uh my knowledge on on global politics is uh even less so than that so uh yeah we're just going to look at it from a from a gamer's perspective you know we, yep. we can dive into some of the themes and tones and messaging that does uh get bandied around in this game because it is a big game and you do engage with a lot of diverse personalities and uh, get thrown into all types of emotional or sensitive situation scenarios, some just overly over-the-top, ridiculous, insane, humorous, 
you know, side stitching, side splitting type of laughter that comes of it. So it's it's kind of interesting that it does jump from mm. really big emotional payoffs and jaw drops where a pivotal character you thought was going to be with you to the end suddenly gets gunned down. And then five minutes later in a cockfight doing, you know, Street Fighter <laughs> parodies with Angry Roosters. So it's... Yeah, um, it's a tough uh, line to walk for Ubisoft with this because, yeah, like you're talking about slavery and you're talking about... Um, like all the like dictators and and the nuances of of the politics of getting involved with with these kinds of of uh, leaders and the way that they hold their medications ransom against their own people and and the you know the true yara and the the fake yara and this kind of um almost like a civil war that, that, that they're fostering as as a leadership so yeah there, there is this this kind of heavy content but instead of like you know something like the last of us where it's it's on on tone the whole time this is kind of like and now we're going to have a rooster that you know kills 30 dogs yeah cue the benny hill music (laughs) you know like it's but it it works for some reason it does for me at least yeah like my entire playthrough where yeah you do have these heavy heavy scenes and then it jumps to you're flying through the air in a wingsuit and you land and you shoot this guy with a with a gun that fires, you know, Seriously. very aggressive discs of the Macarena and then your angry crocodile or your angry rooster comes in over the top and attacks someone else. Like it's it somehow just works. It's just this mm. Or a crocodile in a t shirt. Yeah, and a gold <laughs> tooth. Like it's the best. I love you, Guapo. You are my favorite amigo in this in this game. But like the, the, just the writing and, and how it's delivered, the, mm. the the team at Ubisoft there or the multiple teams that were involved in putting this game together across the globe at Ubisoft have done really, really well. Like you said, sort of, yeah, they were sort of dancing this line. Like it felt like they managed to walk this tightrope the entirety of this narrative and you get a, you know, you get a complete story with a payoff at the end and some interesting other things we'll talk about later, but like you get good character development. You've got good protagonists you've got a really 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 good antagonist which i just yeah. adored the entire time he was on screen like he just sucked up all my attention anytime he was on screen with uh, el presidente anton castillo and it was just fun like i really really enjoyed this game it's it's not a perfect game by any means but mm. it was so fun and so enjoyable and just ubisoft does big open world games better than most it feels like and they've really nailed the secret source that is far cry and it feels like they've just combined all their powers over the previous iterations to make six and make it really freaking enjoyable yeah very well said i I think you know if we're talking like spoiler free about the story of this game the fact that they added a protagonist with a name and a personality for the first time i think since far cry 3 probably with uh with old jason brody that was such a big improvement for me compared to the faceless silent protagonists of uh of far cry 5 especially and being able to see that person in cutscenes, you know in in third person and to and you know you walk into a camp and you're walking around in third person i thought it was a glitch the first time it happened to me so did i so did i like so so listeners full 
full full disclosure on that part there like it's it's a gameplay spoiler but not a narrative spoiler but when you walk into sort of neutral controlled camps you go from first person looking through male or female danny's eyes to third person over the shoulder style and yeah i thought the game broke i had to stop for a second I'm like um hang on now hang yeah. on and i moved around it was all fine and i could still interact with people I'm like oh this is just a, a gameplay choice this is this is a mechanic they've mm. they've implemented into this I'm like, okay that's cool it works yeah, and it's good because these games, like, like I'm going to talk about Far Cry 5 because it's the most recent one before this, but you design your character, you create a character, you pick their outfit, pick their hunting hat or whatever, their boots, and then you just never see them in the rest of the game unless you die and yeah. the camera pans out and there's your character bleeding on the ground. So to see actually see Danny in this game and to see... Danny interact with the other characters and have a voice and have like, you know, a sense of humor or to actually push back at certain people or to, to have like to be at odds with some people's um, goals and, and have your, your own kind of motivations. I found really interesting um, instead of just, Oh, you're the new guy in town. We need your help. I loved her. Like I, I played female Danny. Did you play female or male Danny? I went male. Yeah. Yeah. So I loved her. Like um, the voice acting was phenomenal, and the character models were really emotive. Like you could mm-hmm. see when Danny's angry and sad and upset and frustrated and laughing and you know having good times and bad times. So uh, yeah, Nisa Gundos who um lent lent the, her voice stylings and her voice work in this was phenomenal. Um, I've watched a few little trailers with uh, Sean Ray's voice work as as male Danny, and he Pretty seems well. to really. Yeah now the delivery and the tone as well yeah i thought like for the most part all the voice acting was was fairly fairly good especially from the leads you know in you know guancarlo and and his son uh what was his name anthony gonzalez you shouted out before. yeah is diego yeah that yeah, was so like, good man we'll, we'll we'll like get into that in the spoiler section but you know far cry is always like as good as its villain and the, the games that you remember the fondest are the ones that have the villains that stand out the most. So I think um, Anton Castillo is right up there with Vass as far as Far Cry villains yeah. go. And, and he's in the game probably a lot more than Vass was too. Um, in between the big sections that you you know you, you complete a region or you complete like a, a key part of the game, you're, you're basically trying to get the three different groups of, of guerrillas on your side for this for this effort. So as you complete each of those. There's these cutscenes where it cuts to to the villain, and you actually see them. So you're not just constantly hearing them over a PA system, or you know, on the radio, or that that kind of thing that they rely on in some of these other games, or the the few interactions where your character crosses paths with them. You're actually seeing them away from what your character is seeing, and that those cutscenes were all brilliant. Like it was almost like you know, sit down, turn the TV up, lean forward, put your controller down and just like you're watching TV, like an episode of Breaking Bad or something. 110%. And like we sort of avoid some of the narrative spoilers here, but there's some really, really similar beats that are playing from Breaking Bad to to Far Cry 6 as far as... um, Giancarlo as a bit of a role reversal at least that's how I took a Mm. took it away from it after sort of reflecting on the game when when credits rolled but yeah man I um I really enjoyed this game the experience was fun and the gameplay 
I like how they've expanded and simplified some of the some of the mainstays that you, you're getting used to in these. Like as far as resource and crafting, they've sort of simplified mm-hmm. how you do a lot of that. So it cuts down a lot of the headaches and a lot of just the menial crap with with crafting and upgrading yeah. weaponry and items, which I found a pretty smooth experience just getting to a workbench with the resources you just natively collect as you go from point to point in a mission to get those weapons and those uh, gadgets or uh, or your Suprema tweaked out the way you like. So I think you had that list, list in there too as far as that smooth, simple crafting. Yeah, just the, the fact that you don't have to be like, okay, I have to go kill three ostriches or <laughs> to, to bulk out my wallet so I can carry more money. Like, I don't know if that is in every Far Cry game, but it's certainly been a, a It's in a lot of them, yeah. they've used before, so... To, to simplify that and make hunting and resource gathering more of a uh, extra activity. Even like the way that you heal in this game, like you don't have to gather herbs and turn them into potions. Like it's just, everything's kind of streamlined to make the game easier to navigate and just a bit more fun to play. And as, as far as like the the gameplay itself and and getting around like i did feel like there was less focus on like the wildlife you don't have to be constantly worrying like is there a cougar around the corner or is there an alligator gonna jump out and, and attack me and ruin my mission i i did get attacked by a fair few <laughs> rampant mongooses el- mongoose oh yeah Mo- what would you, how would you pluralize mongoose? mongoose i would say mongoose but i don't mongoose. know accurate. yeah a couple of mongoose attacks a couple of bloody rabid rooster attacks like there was there was moments in this game where there was just gangs of roosters walking the streets just looking for blood and they'd always get me mid-mission but yeah it didn't really distract or take away too much from what you were doing like there was a few crazy zany moments where an animal would start attacking an enemy NPC I was about to engage with and you sort of just, you know, I'm just going to sit back and watch all this play out, you know? So you just watch the insanity just build and build and build and then one of your Korea friends come in and start shooting as well. You're like, well, it's made easy for me now. I'll just go in and do what I got to. So, um, yeah, there's there's less derailing of the, the, the wildlife across Yara, that's for sure. Yeah, which is good and, and bad. Like, in, in all the stuff we're saying about how this is another Far Cry game, it kind of comes down to how much do you like Far Cry? Because some of those things, you're like, sweet, more senseless action. Like, that's awesome. Um, but you might, maybe you liked that chaos that comes with all those animals and unleashing a, um, a, a lion in the middle of a camp or whatever it is, which there, there's some of that, but much less of that. Like, I, I found that not every camp had, like, wild animals just caged yeah, cage, up. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I found, like... Sparingly. That they sort of gave them adequate amounts of HP that would actually be the equivalent of an animal in real life. Like it's not just it's God tier and it's King Kong out there killing everybody. Like it might get one or two people, but they usually get gunned down pretty quick, as you'd expect. Yeah, unlike the Amigos, which are just basically invincible. <laughs> some of them, some of them were a little bit uh, squishy than others. Obviously, they've got their own utility and strengths mm. that they lean towards. But yeah, a couple of sort of the. The attack-based amigos, yeah, they were just savages. They would be running in or crawling in or flying in or, or you know, whatever means of transport they utilize and just wreaking havoc, especially when you're like, all right, Guapo, you get that guy, I got this guy, and you watch him waddle off really quickly in his jacket and start attacking. Ah, oh, it's the best. So Guapo was your amigo of choice. Should we talk about those guys? 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the game right off off the jump, you uh pretty much befriend uh this guy who's got a, a pet crocodile named Guapo, and you're sort of on on this mission as you're escaping and killing a couple of uh infidels. You uh, yeah, b- become friends with Guapo, and he becomes your amigo. And and in the game, I think including the DLC from the two expansion, like the from the collector's editions that we got gifted mm. from Ubisoft, I think there's seven or eight amigos you can have, including the two from the DLC. I think it's somewhere yeah, around there. I think that's right. Yeah, I think yeah. it's seven. Yeah, so so you've got Guapo, the very angry reptile, reptile straight away with you, but then anyone that's been on the internet would have seen all the social media blasting with Chorizo, the little little dachshund in the wheelchair. Uh, he, he becomes one of your little amigo confidants and runs around with you and, and runs roughshod and distracts people with his cuteness so you can get in and stealth kill. And then there's a whole heap of other creatures, like mm. you've got a a cyborg or a robot dog really from the Far Cry 6 Blood Dragon outfit set you get. And then you've also got like a, is it like a white jaguar, I think? Or a white leopard? There's two cat type ones. One is unlocked through- Through the game. Doing like some treasure hunts. And the other one was, yeah, one of those DLCs. Yeah. Like a black panther. Yeah. yeah, And then you've got Boom Boom, the, Mm -hmm. uh, the dog- and then you've got uh, Chikaron, the uh, the angry rooster, who is just oh the the story arc with with getting him on side is just ridiculous. But I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I ran with Boom Boom or Boom Boom for a lot of the game, uh, being that I I, tr- I tried to approach most scenarios with a stealth stealth way um, and he was good with that kind of thing it, it was a bit frustrating that like the perks of these characters are, of these side characters um, helping you they're meant like boom, boom boom's meant to like tag people for you and this kind of thing but it didn't always seem to work or it was only just kind of random when it would, would work so I wasn't exactly sure if I was meant to be like telling him to do it they don't really explain that stuff to you um so uh, but i did i did enjoy him and so cute and patting that dog and having him jump up on in the car next year was um definitely definitely one for the dog lovers uh chorizo was fine but uh not as i didn't find him as useful as boom boom and then yeah that, so that was probably the one that i rolled with the most but when it did come down to uh attack mode and just wanting to wreak havoc i did find that guapo was probably the most useful he was just a tank and he had a self sort of heal slash res ability in there too. So he could just get up and, and keep mm. doing damage. And it just added a nice little wrinkle to combat just amidst the insanity of you blowing up and sending people flying every which way, just seeing your your animal friend rolling in there wreaking havoc as well. It's sort of like you virtually want to high five him when you see him running around the <laughs> battlefield with you. Like it's so good. Yeah. It's, it's a nice so touch good. too, like the way that the NPCs react to your amigos like they'll yeah. they'll comment about oh you got a crocodile with you oh your dog's so cute and and this yeah. kind of stuff so yeah I, I did like that touch most definitely yeah because a lot of games like that you know you'll have a have a sidekick with you and they're just not existing to anyone but yourself so it was nice that mm. they were living and existing in this very very vibrant and very lived in yara so uh yeah the the gameplay I think we've sort of touched on that. Like 
the other part, I guess, in the gameplay is that nice, that nice mix of stealth versus action. Do you want to go in all guns blazing? Do you want to maybe yeah. wingsuit your way in off off a cliffside and then slowly <laughs> parachute in and try and stealth kill your way to the to the target or or what? What did you lean into more so? Did you find JP? Typically stealth, as I mentioned with Boom Boom, it was you know we'll get into like our weapons and combat style. I guess this is a nice segue into that, but I did prefer to have a few silent options and then when things you know, go awry or a body gets discovered and an alarm gets set off, then it's good to have that um, that powerful kind of assault rifle to just clean up, as I would put it. Um, and also then the, uh, the, the RPG to take care of any uh, unwanted traffic <laughs> such as which helicopters. there is plenty because yeah. there's there's always some sneaky bugger i found that either get to the alarm or shoot the uh the flare shoot the flare into the sky and then you've got two choppers and a tank on your ass as well and you're like well yep stealth is over bring out the heavy guns yeah it, it is fun like going to a base and trying like i've t- i've got the trophy for like taking out the whole camp without getting spotted there's you know if you can find a good place from a bit of a distance with the sniper and pick them all off take out the alarms take out the the captain or whatever they're called before they can shoot off the flare but yeah i, I, I it's <laughs> It's that thing that's... Uh, it's pretty much the way that I like to play most games. Like Metal Gear Solid Five is a good example where you go in there with your dart gun or your rubber bullets and then when things inevitably go chaotic, you just quickly pivot to, to chaos mode and try to get out without yeah. dying. And Be- Because you are pretty squishy. Like, uh, yeah. you, obviously, you've got your... You've got like a, a healing option on cooldown and then you can also equip some healing syringes via Suprema when you upgrade mm. that later, but... It doesn't take much to knock you down, and if you don't have any uh, any gorillas in in area to pick you back <laughs> up, you'd be dying a bit in this game, or at least I was at times. Yeah, and that's why I ran with the um, the backpack kit that revives me. Oh, <laughs> good I would, call. Because I constantly like I, I'm a sucker for for games like this, and like especially like the Division Two was another one with the same ability where I just try try to push my luck when it comes to to combat. And so it means I die a lot. So I like to be able to revive myself and get that extra chance at um, at going at it. So yeah, that that addition of I guess a way to customize your character is a great one. Having the I guess they're called Suprema um, kits or what are those backpacks? Yeah, called? you just backpacks. like an ordnance ordnance kit or something like that. And yeah. like um, special abilities, I- basically. Yeah, and I know you you've been able to play some of the multiplayer which some of those kits certainly lean more towards where you do have health buffs and the ability to not only self-res but also res your teammates. Mm. But because I was playing this solo, I didn't get to experience that and I literally didn't change from the first Suprema the whole <laughs> game just because the the one you get given from one right off the bat shoots a salvo of rockets that lock onto enemies and just seek them out and it saved my bacon far too often. Some of the other ones like, oh yeah, you can drop poison onto the map and it might make the enemies attack each other or you can drop a ring of fire down and stuff. And I'm like, eh, I don't care. Mm. Give me give me the big explodies. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What about yourself? Was it was it action or stealth? Or Just, both? Sim- similar similar beat to you, like I'd pull up at a checkpoint or a base or, or whatever you've got to try and um try and sort of liberate and 
I'd whip out the the sniper. I'd whip out the smartphone because obviously you got the best zoom on that and it's going to tag yeah. your enemies really quick. So I'd scan across with my Huawei or whatever it was. And then I'd always run... I had the Blood Dragon pistol you get from the DLC mm -hmm. because it was silenced and it could shoot burst or full auto. It's a beast of a pistol. But then I'd have um, a silenced assault rifle that would act as my sniper. So I'd have a four times on that with a suppressor and the uh, armor-piercing bullets because most of the enemies seem to have damn helmets. So yeah. one shot from that and gone. And then I'd have a non-silenced assault rifle or SMG for, like as you alluded to, when things get spicy and you just need to be uh, dropping rounds, something like that. And then I was rocking in my uh, my third primary weapon slot, the resolver weapon, and I, I settled mostly on the... There's a single-shot sniper rifle that shoots explosive mm -hmm. rounds. That thing, especially against uh, helicopters, was a godsend. Or if I just wanted to get crazy, I used like the Macarena gun. I used the the party gun that shot like the time delay explosives with the fireworks. I'd always just bring something along just to create havoc and just have a laugh. So I just uh, that'd be like my uh, my parody gun that I'd just get out when needs be and just have a little bit of a chuckle to myself. Are we hearing snoring dog in the background? Yeah, Bentley. He's had a big day. He's had a big day, haven't you, buddy? I was like, is that my ears or am I imagining it? Yeah, I, I was the similar where I tried out most of those guns, like the CD shooting one and uh, the the harpoon crossbow. Yeah, the or harpoon whatever. was cool. <laughs> and the, uh, the lightning gun sucked. I didn't like the lightning gun. Did you use that the, one? The EMP one? The one it like shot, no, nah, it shot like chain lightning, yeah, and it knocked enemies to the ground and um, yeah, I think stunt, I, like, I think vehicles. I used that, yeah, I used that as like an EMP to like take out a tank, but only for a trophy. So yeah, a lot of the resolver ones, I pretty much just tried them, and then they all kind of were designed to have a bit of a drawback. So for the harpoon one, you can only carry like five or six ammo. Um, you know, other ones had had their own issues. So I, I typically tried them for fun and then switched back to something a bit more practical um the one ping assault rifle that you get for one of the missions towards the end was the one that i ended up in the end game sticking with oh, there he goes um i i that that one just like tore up enemies it's silenced and it, it's like it, it only holds 20 bullets to a clip but you only need like five bullets to take out a dude yeah yeah and and the good thing with the game is the more uh, notoriety you achieve and, and infamy or fame depending I guess on what side of the fence you're sitting on here as um, Danny Rojas is the enemies around Yara upgrade as you upgrade so mm -hmm. the, the more famous and infamous you become and the more things you do the more El Presidente goes you know what we need we need harder, harder men and women out on the streets trying to keep Yara safe so you go from just squishy military men and women in just you know t-shirts and pants almost to people that are armored from head to toe and with rocket launchers and heavy machine guns and whatever so yeah. you do have to adapt and adjust your play style as you go which i liked and so you had to sort of have a bit of an assortment on what weapons and what bullets those weapons had to make sure you were going to going to succeed yeah i think they really did a good job of allowing players to customize basically every gun in different ways to, to your place. It's so style. deep. Yeah. It's so deep. Like the weapons, they're, they're on a four-star rating system. So one is your baseline stuff you're getting early on. And then when you start finding four-star weapons or obtaining them in, in, in quests and things, 
that they're going to give you more upgrade and mod slots so you can really yeah. really start pimping these things out to be just death machines and it was never like overwhelming or frustrating as far as like having the crafting materials for them as well like it's no it's quite simple oh i don't have enough gunpowder i'm sure i'll find some in the next mission and i'll come back and get that upgrade that i want so i feel like as far as that balance it's a pretty hard thing to do really to to make you you know make the player feel powerful but not too overpowered and i think they really just kept that loop going really well and and balanced that to a really good degree most definitely like the the fact that the whole world leveled as you did it kept you on your toes you couldn't just become this commando dutch from predator killing machine where you just forward 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 all the time you did have to have a bit of tact and adjust to Mm. certain scenarios and then even going into certain areas after dark you know where there was curfews on so there's more enemies patrolling and you had to sort of rethink how you were going to get from point a to point b it was so good it was so good and then all the vehicles at your disposable to do things too really helped and then having your own vehicle you can summon where you could just um you know replenish your your ammo and your gadget numbers on the fly was great as well yeah the balance is really on point except for if you play online with a friend who's like in a previous or like at a different point in the game so i was playing with jared when he was in that first starting area and i was like level 10 so i just went back there and just destroyed all these like level <laughs> three enemies and uh at the same in the same way like he pl- coming into my game couldn't really do any damage to the enemies so it doesn't seem to find like a middle ground between your player levels um which could be frustrating for some people but um, well, i didn't have any friends to play with so i didn't get to test it so if we're talking about like the controls one of the things that i found in the game was the climbing like it, it just it wasn't good <laughs> especially sucked man it it, sucked like when it when you're meant to climb it's fine but there's often times where you just want to climb on something and it has to be like a specific area for climbing or it won't recognize and it won't honor your attempt to climb so even just something as simple as like oh i want to climb up on top of this roof it's like no i want to climb on top of this fence no you can't do it um, which is you kind of expect that in like a I guess like an Uncharted or like some kind of third person game, but for Far Cry, I, maybe I'm just remembering it differently. But I just it just seemed like those things I wanted to do that the game wouldn't let me. And then especially when it kicks you into that third person view that I love in the camps, you just lose all ability to jump completely. Which yeah, su- which your is feet are glued to the ground. Which is really annoying when there are tiny fences that are blocking you from going where you want to go. And I just want to like fly through the the air and, and get down the level to avoid the stairs and going around. And yeah, just just a minor gripe. And I've got a, there's there's quite a number of small minor gripes that popped up throughout the game that we'll cover off by the end of this. But that was one of them that probably bothered me the most as far as like this type of game you want to feel like you can do anything and you can wingsuit and you can parachute but you can't climb on top of something it's kind of ruins that freedom super frustrating for me like that was that was one of my bigger gripes during my 30-ish hours or whatever it was i pumped into this game over the past couple of weeks but um yeah like and, and like especially where you get to the areas where it is designed as a climbing area where you see the the fluoro orange paint with on the edging of the the cliff face or the building so it implies that yep you can jump and climb there 
but there'd be times where unless you're looking at it from a certain way, it doesn't give you the, the climb prompt. So you're standing there just jumping up in up in the air, going nowhere from you. Like, come on, man, I'm getting shot at from behind here. I got to move. And then you sort of move the camera. And then there's the prompt. I'm like, oh, thank God. And you climb up there. And yeah. it's just when, when obviously they've got access to, say, studio heads that have handled Assassin's Creed, why couldn't they take some nods from games within this this company and go, you know what? Let's implement some of that. Let's hold in if mm. you know if we've got the option to hold in A or hold in like when you're strafing, you're just automatically gonna mount and climb things because it'll be such a more smoother, enjoyable experience because it's so annoying and so janky and yeah. climbing sucks. I guess they I, I guess it's possible that climbing that way would break the game to some degree with certain areas but i don't know figure it out that's not our problem to, to worry about as, as the player we just know that if we want to do something and we can't do it and it seems like you should be able to it's just like you can vault you can vault things without having to look for a prompt but certain climbing parts you need that climbing prompt to get up mm. so yeah have some similar ruling in the back end for your code but like i say that like i'm an experienced <laughs> coder and i know it's just flick that switch and you'll be fine just, but just go to assassin's creed and hit copy and then paste it into the code for for far cry exactly <laughs> exactly but um yeah outside of that the controls do feel pretty nice like yeah. the combat is tight whether it be merely killing via stealth which is just a visceral confronting mm-hmm. experience when you are slicing and impaling these people with your big machete through under the chin through the skull into the side of the neck into the chest and then ripping up like yeah, it was a bit you much. are <laughs> a killing machine yeah. and you see the genuine fear and shock on these troopers when you're doing these kill shots and you're like oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry and you pull the mm. machete out and stuff like it's intense but whether you're meleeing whether you're shooting, the fishing controls, the the vehicles, everything's felt pretty smooth in this game as far as whatever context you're trying to use the joysticks and the and the face buttons for and the triggers. Like it all felt pretty good to me. Yeah, this is basically how I want a first person shooter to feel. I'm not a Call of Duty guy, so I can't really compare it to that. I, I think COD is considered like the gold standard for how a shooter should feel and play but if you compare this to say death loop which we reviewed recently this feels so much smoother and easier to to like line up your shot with a enemy and that kind of thing i i did turn on the like aim assist but it's not like it's not completely automatic you still have to to try it just kind of tracks them a bit better once you have locked on to them even still it's not um foolproof like it it does take it you you know you still have to try quite a bit so even though you have to try it's pretty easy and it it just feels right so i think that um you know it's it's been over the course of six games now that they've been at this kind of style so it makes sense that they've more or less perfected i think the first person action because it's not just you know i guess in the call of duty it's more running around crouching but this game's like sliding down cliffs jumping parachute like wingsuit and then you're flying through the air you're 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 falling to the ground with the parachute and you can start shooting people before you even hit the ground yeah it's super smooth and having so many buttons and requests and requirements just mapped to your lb or, or your l1 where you're holding that into weapon wheel to other guns or maybe change your your gadget you've got whether it be from a grenade to a molotov or to a turret or whatever it is 
it's it's really smooth and you can just whip that on the fly uh, when you're aiming down the sights, it's just, you know, press up on the D-pad to get your Amigo to start attacking or, or press the other button to summon them back. Like it's super smooth and it feels like you're sort of just directing little mini skirmishes and mini armies on the fly. We're like, all right, go there, swip to this, throw that, drop this turret, switch to this gun. And it just becomes really, really easy in the muscle memory uh, for me. Like I've, I've played a lot of these games, so it didn't feel alien, but knowing there's those slight changes from version to version, I felt like I mastered the combat within maybe half an hour to yeah. an hour. I felt like I was like a, a gorilla, as yeah. they say. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I, I felt legitimately like a gorilla. Yeah. And when, once you get the wingsuit too, like I, I don't really like driving in these games. I try to skip it as much as possible. So I'm constantly fast traveling and being able to just like airdrop into a, an area and just wingsuit to the closest objective or to the anti-aircraft, um, you know, weapon that you want to take out or whatever it is. I, that controlling your, your character flying through the air feels like you've got so much control yeah. and you can get so, so much distance if you, as you hook around the mountains and into the deeper valleys and that kind of thing. So that just remember to really pull your chute because the first few times I didn't, I'm like, oh, I can just sort of go in at a smooth angle yeah, and nah. my feet will like run as I hit the ground. No, it's okay. You die. You die straight away. Yeah. Or if you happen to hit like a tree branch or something, you die. Yeah. 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 I learned that pretty quick. So, yeah, I mean, the game just feels great to play. Like it's a, it's a, such a fun open world and to to be able to just have that level of control over your character feels pretty good like it's not like spider-man where you can like zip around there's no it's or even like just cause where you can you know grappling hook up to any surface or anything yeah. but as far as as um you know for being a far cry game yeah they've certainly figured out the the right feel for it and that's something 100%. that they shouldn't change yeah there's so many fast travel points for uh rewarding you for your exploration so by the time you get a good chunk through this game, if you, if you don't want to run or find a vehicle mm. or, or a horse or whatever it might be, you can just go to the nearest fast tra travel point and then, yeah, jump and wingsuit down to there or summon your car on demand via that L1 or LB yeah. and Which I almost down on the stick. <laughs> I, I summoned it a fair bit. Yeah. Yeah, but it just was nice to have that at your disposal where you can get around this map super quick because it is huge. Oh, man. The map is huge. I was going to say, like, by the end of the game, I still have huge areas that I haven't uncovered or even, like, you know, gone near because I haven't... I guess if the game hasn't forced you to go there and you haven't gone exploring or hunting for, like, a what are they called? Like, a exotic beast or, like, the... the yeah, or the treasure hunts and yeah. things like that. Yeah, if you haven't gone down all those nooks and crannies and done all the side content there's probably areas that remain unexplored so yeah. so even though i've done like you know most of what the game has to offer i feel like if i went exploring i'd probably uncover a whole lot more so there's plenty there it's certainly not a game that's uh, wanting for things to do left wanting for things to do exactly there's so much to do and and when you're doing all these things, um, one thing I couldn't help but just be in awe of was just the overall gorgeousness of this game, of this world, the character models, the vistas, the sunrises, the sunsets, the weather effects, mm. the vehicles, just the general landscapes, the guns, how they sounded, how they looked. 
this game has so much polish to it. Like it is stunning. It ran like a dream on my Xbox Series X. Like I didn't have any any hard crashes or any freezes. I did notice because I was playing this before the release when we did get that day one patch. I did notice a couple of times during that sort of week or so leading up to the release, there was a couple of drop frames a few times in cutscenes or in in sort of high high activity uh, based mm. combat. But outside of that, this thing was just. <clears throat> And um, I just wanted to shout out my note here where I said uh, that day one patch had it looking prettier than Ana Diamas in the summertime. Very nice. Very nice. I was similar in being impressed with the game. Uh, I think it's important to note that this is an open world game and it's a lot harder to make an open world game have that level of detail that you've come to expect from, you know, a Naughty Dog game or a God of War or something like that where they're able to just, you know, take these fewer uh density like lower density environments and just pack them with detail everything in this game looks really lived in and and pretty detailed you can like there's a million people that worked on this thing and you can tell uh and the character models look really good for for an open world game uh the environments don't repeat themselves like things just there's there's unique things all over the place and i think i mean i guess some of the bases that you travel to have some similarities but um aside from that like yeah i was very impressed with how good this game looks and it does have a bit of a stylized far cry thing to it where it's maybe a little bit oversaturated um and brighter and more vibrant but that adds to the far cry feeling of being this you know, exotic area for you to explore. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it certainly certainly paints Yara as a gorgeous island paradise. And then obviously you uh, look underneath the bed and see all the, the atrocities and the war crimes and everything else that's happening around the place. But the the world that, that exists, this Yara, this island is just a sight to behold. And there was moments where I'd be in the middle of combat or going from mission to mission i'll be driving or running through the through the wilderness and yeah just just some of the the way the light rays would break through yeah. some of the um you know the tree line or if you're on the top of a mountain and you're looking down and you can sort of see all the way out to the ocean you're watching cars driving around people living doing their thing people on horses like everything seemed to exist in this world and everything in that world seemed to serve a purpose which is testament to the people at ubisoft to put this together yeah i, I should have messed around with photo mode but i didn't neither <laughs> I, did i because the game's so big yeah i just forgot about it to be honest it's it, it does look beautiful um if we're talking about performance i was impressed with the loading times like it wasn't as quick as other games but for an open world game to to load that quick was was pretty good it's not ghost of tsushima level quick but it is still pretty quick um, I had a few graphical glitches. There was one where, like, the texture of a dude's pants would, like, flicker in and out and it looked like his, they were disappearing completely. That happened a couple times to different uh, different guerrillas. Um, oh, actually, no, they were the enemies. What are they called? The, uh, the, the Just the soldiers. Um, and then there was a soldier that got stuck inside of this big rock and it was an area where I had to, like, kill everyone to progress. So I had to figure out how to get to him. I think it was, like, flamethrower or something that did the trick in the end and i had one actual freeze where in the menu similar to like what happened with death loop like i was just 
in the menu and the game just decided to freeze on me. But that's pretty good for a game like this. Like, you kind of expect the big open world games to be chock full of glitches and that, uh, you know, that kind of Bethesda level jank that you just occasionally get. And I guess there were a couple of times where uh, Guapo would be like running up a wall or something. (laughs) (laughs) Spider pig, you know, he was... Yeah, yeah, but apart from that, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it was super smooth. Very impressive and... I was also just as impressed with the uh, the music and the soundtrack to this game. Uh, I loved that it mixed classic and modern tunes that were mainstream that maybe might have just been more local classics. It had a really diverse soundtrack that highlighted a ton of different Latin genres and also just genres in general. Like we got, um, you know, mainstream radio rock and pop to there was some like hardcore and heavier stuff. There was some salsa beats in there. And, um, you know, as as we've been spoiled with over the years with the GTA franchises, jumping from radio station to radio station, certain vehicles, and just having a toe-tapping tune playing as you're driving around, or maybe you're just walking through a town or a homestead or something, it's so good hearing mm. these little ditties popping along. I'm like, yes, this is so great. It feels so authentic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, di- I definitely dug, like, the instrumental stuff with, you know, the all those latin vibes it just it just really nails the the tone and makes you feel like you're there in such a way that only music can hearing ricky martin uh, so pop good. On with like living la vida loca was a nice little it was moment so like oh they, they got this they got this song in here um and there's so much like there's so much spanish in this game and the music's so accurate that i just whether it's like hearing words from the characters occasionally or hearing certain songs, but I I had Despacito like running through my head a lot of the time I was playing this game, even though the song isn't featured on the soundtrack. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Macarena, like just, it, you just love to, to hear it. It's, it's a little bit meme to hear some of that stuff in there, but it works for the for the setting. It really does, and and like yeah, having having some classics like Ricky Martin, and then that um that Havana song by that Camila Cabello, mm-hmm. I heard that pop on a few times. Like, damn, that's like a current radio hit right now, okay. and it's in this game. I'm like, this is cool. Like, well done. No doubt those uh those licenses and those approvals would have cost them a hefty fee to get them into yeah, into this game, but well worth it. And it, it just adds more authenticity to Yara and to this experience. So I loved it. Uh, I guess maybe we could jump into some other things that we didn't love so much, spoiler-free, before we maybe dive deep into spoilers mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, get that uh, spoiler-laden discussion up and rolling. But, um, yeah, other other sort of nitpicks, gripes, or bugs, if you want to sort of uh, throw them in as well. JP, I thought the game was too long. Mm. I thought you could easily cut a couple of hours out of the main story and still have... A fantastic narrative, a fantastic experience, but it'd just be tighter, more focused, and um, you know, less dense because some of these quests or missions do just blend into each other and you sort of forget or lose lose like well not lose, but you don't care as much for some of the characters, some of the stakes. You're like, fuck, again, again <laughs> with this guy, yeah. again, man, like save yourself this time, bro. Like I'm sick of it, you know, but it just happens. Yeah, I definitely. It's, it's hard to know really because we're playing it with the intent to finish it, to, to so we can do this review right now. So it's a bit different to the yeah, average true. player, but it's certainly yeah. You're right. It, 
they certainly could have trimmed maybe not three or four hours, but at least three or four missions, <laughs> depending on yeah, how long true. they take you. The, the first section, so that so this isn't spoilers, but there's three regions that you have to like liberate, I guess, before you can do the final assault. And they kind of indicate an order that you should do them. And I did the opposite order. Um, so the first area that I tackled... I felt like that one dragged on the longest, which was the last one for you because there's, you know, there's three people that you're helping. One of them like disappears. And then there's like the natural climax, you know, I'll call it the performance for, to keep it spoiler free. And that feels like it should be like the last mission in that section. And then it kind of just keeps going. And I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that I hadn't completed it. I was like ready to move on to the next section and then realized in my, Uh, menu that i still had some missions to do so it really did feel like they could have trimmed that one in particular um and then yeah the others i I think that all those areas could have probably ditched like two or three missions to be honest yeah like um you you certainly get your money's worth with one of these big open world ubisoft experiences so you can't shame the developer or the publisher in that regard but yeah as as you said we were sort of playing this with the mindset to finish it as quick as possible so we could get a nice succinct thorough podcast out about our experiences but if i could play this sparingly or when i wanted to over the space of three or four weeks i'd probably be singing a little bit of a different tune but because Mm. i'm like fuck i just (laughs) want this done just join the revolution brother like i've done enough already oh no now go now go run those meds there or no go go uh thwart those drugs or you know break down that rum business over there it's like come on man let's go kill this dude but like yeah you know you're getting a lot for your dollars that's the thing is you actually can I don't know. Is this is this a spoiler? They 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 give you the the final mission early in the game. So if you want to, yeah. you can just go and do it. I guess it's similar to like the Breath of the Wild, where it's like you know where the the boss is, but you got to build yourself up to get there. So yeah. I don't know if like that that's a Far Cry thing. Yeah, you're able to do that in some of the other yeah. ones where you can just climb that mountaintop and find the big bad and and chop them down then and there. Like mm. obviously, it comes with its own struggles, and you're not going to get the full narrative experience but yeah. it's there and, and i like that and with with these games it would change some of the cutscenes. i think in that last mission maybe they're not in the cutscenes, but they're running alongside next to you so maybe you've got less support or whatever so yeah I, I would be curious to maybe if i ever play this again to see if i can just go for the throat straight from the beginning um but yeah i do like that they give you that chance even though i, I guess it means that if people only want to play the game for 10 hours they probably could yeah they could yeah. it'd be it'd be a tougher go about to try and get to el presidente obviously without your 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 loyal uh guerrilla fighters that you are bringing to the scene to uh libertad to get get to join mm. your your guerrilla outfit and also you wouldn't have the same level of gear but yeah. maybe at the same time maybe the enemies wouldn't be as high level too because obviously you haven't your renown isn't as high, so yeah. your your level's not as high, and the enemies will not. So maybe th- maybe it would be. I easy. think that the that final mission when you get, first get it given to you, they're like level nine, and you're probably like level four or five. So yeah. it would still be hard, but I'm sure it's possible. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we're talking about it. It'd be much. tough because that uh, we'll talk more in spoilers. But yeah, that that final mission was pretty tough. There's enemies coming at you from every which way. But mm. um, I got a few more nitpicks 
that yep, I can throw them, mention. Throw them on All the right. fire. I'm just going to go rapid fire. These are small things that just bothered me. You can't talk to people when you're standing behind them. It, the, the talk prompt comes up, but you press it and nothing happens. You have to like walk around and talk to them from the front. Small thing, but kind of annoying. Um, headshots that don't kill people for some reason. That really annoys me, especially if you're trying to like clean out an area and you've got the armor piercing thing. You hit them in the head and they go, oh, there's someone there. So you have to take another shot at them before they kind of sound the alarm. That frustrated me. I've got to say, I never experienced that. Like if I got them true in the head with the armor piercing rounds and my guns every time. Wow. Maybe I was like hitting them across the neck or I hadn't upgraded something on my gun or something. I don't know. But I, I I did find that a few times as I was trying to stealth my way around. Um, I had a, a glitch where the first one of the, well, it was the first camp for you. It was the last one for me where you get there and you have this phone conversation with Carla, the leader of the Libertad uh, resistance. And you say something like, oh, you know, I, f- I met the leader, Carlos, and he's not a fan of me, but I can get in with his daughter. And then she's like, great, you have to get on their side. They have to trust you. Every time I went into that camp, that phone call played out as if I oh, hadn't really? heard it. Yeah. So I've probably heard that interaction like eight times <laughs> throughout the game. And it's like, hey, I was like, we're well past this, like well past this conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. But- <laughs> that's a weird little glitch there. <laughs> yeah. So that was, um, that was funny. It was one of those funny glitches that uh, you... You just got to laugh at, but uh, that that's it. That like that's a pretty short list of nitpicks and gripes as far as the spoiler free stuff goes. So let's get on into it. Yeah. All right, listeners. So um, anyone that hasn't played Far Cry Six, I think we can probably both unanimously say please do so mm-hmm. because it is a good game. Uh, but we are going to be diving into spoilers and talking big plot lines and and big sort of narrative outcomes here. So if you haven't played it and you don't want your experience spoiled. Pause the podcast now. Go invest 30-odd hours in Far Cry 6. Come back and listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. But if you want to keep on this journey, be warned because spoilers are coming thick and fast like gorilla bullets from the jungle. So, JP, <laughs> let's maybe jump into our favorite moments that we experienced in Far Cry 6 as a, a nice sort of taster for spoilers. Your mother is dead. <laughs> yeah. There was so deadpan Giancarlo. (laughs) So many, like like I said before, all those moments in between the big story beats of the game where it just cuts to to him and and his son and that kind of storyline that runs throughout the whole game, they were the things that I'll remember about this this story. Um, And pretty much everyone was, if not a gut punch, it was like, like the the plot thickens or this is interesting or some kind of like depth about either the the son or his father, Mr. El Presidente. So that they were my favorite moments as as you kind of revealed, like you've got that one where you've you've realized that uh, the mother, it was his mother that had been killed. There's the one where he kind of smacks the prisoner across the face and you start to wonder if the kid's gonna follow in his father's footsteps or you're learning that um you know castillo had cancer and was quite sick and and like each of these little nods uh, not nods each of these little moments i found uh very kind of unfar cry because 
often it's the, the story is kind of secondary to the action and, and this time I was yeah. much more engrossed in wanting to take this guy out and wanting to free these this this land and and getting into that story and and wanting to to save this kid from his his own father which is is you know it's a rare thing for a far cry game to make you think that way and feel that way and that was probably what stands out the most to me about this compared to previous um iterations of this this franchise yeah i was i was so drawn into the story and these characters <clears throat> right from the opening where you're talking about escaping Yara and going to live in Miami and life is going to be great. And then you find out that El Presidente's son is on this boat with you too. And you've got this immediate connection to Diego and you want to save him and get him away from the evil that is his dad. But then I found too, as time went on with El Presidente, obviously, yeah, don't get me wrong. He's a evil, evil man, and he's doing horrible, horrible things. But like what I mentioned earlier in the non-spoilery stuff was it feels like Giancarlo Esposito has gone from playing Gus Fring <laughs> to almost parodying Walter White to a degree where he's a man doing right by his family, which in, in his eyes is, is obviously Yara, it's his country. Uh, he's, he's working on this cancer treatment-based like pseudo making drugs as Walter White does to try and better his life situation and his family situation for when he dies. And he's terminally ill like Walter White. I'm like, there is so many little little nods here. Like was was Vince Gilligan involved in the writing here? Was he doing some ghost writing for Ubisoft? I don't know, but I just um couldn't help but sort of laugh and nod and appreciate the sort of indirect connections to Breaking Bad in that way. But yeah, he's a hell of a bad guy, mm. but he's a good bad guy because you you when you can put yourself in their shoes and go, you know what? I kind of understand where you're coming from with some of these decisions and why you're the way you are. You go, I get it, man. Like I can empathize a little bit to a degree with what's happening here. And it's just really, really good storytelling. And even, even this random caricature-ish assortment of freedom fighters that you meet and befriend along the way, they're all fleshed out enough and developed enough for you to respect and appreciate and understand and appreciate why they're fighting. You know, they've all got unique causes and reasonings as to why they're up yeah. in arms against El Presidente. True. And I was on board with all of them. I'm like, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm with you now. I'm with El Tigre and the old guard. I'm with the young tech heads over here. Like, let's go. Let's take this guy down and have fun together. And, I loved it. I loved yeah. those big giant set pieces when it is obviously mission, 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 go kill this sub boss, you know, yeah. storm this base or storm this airfield or whatever. It's always storm something with some <laughs> friends and the, the boss is always holed up in the office at the back end of this thing. So it's the same formula, but every single time I'm like, let's go, let's do it. And, you know, you're having phone calls with people and interacting with people along the way and it just felt awesome it felt like i was playing out a nice well not nice i was i was playing out one of these types of dramas on television in my hands and it was amazing jp yeah that's some good enthusiasm from you there brendan um i i'm on the same page i i, th I hadn't thought of this until you were talking about it and unlike you know a previous spoiler cast we did on ubisoft's release 
Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I actually remember all the different characters in this game um, because they're so different from each other. And yeah, it's a similar thing where, you know, Valhalla, it's, yeah, get these people on board, do some jobs for them till they're on your side and then we'll take down the fortress. Same thing in this game, a lot less, you do it a lot less loops around in, in Far Cry compared to Valhalla. But the way that all these NPCs and side characters are fleshed out, they're all very different from each other, so they all stand out in their own way. You've got the family of fighters that have their own community. You've got the old gorillas up in the hills. You've got the young tech heads that you mentioned, and then you've got these musicians that are doing their own like pirate radio thing. And they're all very different from each other, but they all have the same, I guess, motive towards the end, which is to change the environment that they live in. And like you said, they're all, I think, written fairly well. Like maybe there were some caricatures happening or stereotypes happening that I'm not aware of, but uh, they all felt real and authentic to me. There was a lot of like representation. You had like a trans character in there. You had, um, you had. Uh, <laughs> I loved Paz, the the kind of the fat dude who got drunk and was was convincing you to go drinking with him. That was almost like a, a Lenny kind of. It was uh, so moment. good. Let me, let me. Um, <laughs> Some of my favorite video game moments yeah. ever. And I just, yeah, I, I really did enjoy getting to know those characters and not feeling like overwhelmed by like, who who was this guy again? And oh, yeah, like you just spent time with each um, group and you just focus on them until you move on to the next group. And it, it, it just worked in that sense. And they didn't overwhelm you with too many characters. And there was never really a time where you're like, huh, who was that guy again? Am I meant to care about him who just died yeah. or whatever? Yeah. And, and when some of these characters die, like because some of these main uh, protagonists that you're running around with, yeah. you do lose a few of them suddenly and unexpectedly and i was like what like what what how about that how about, no! <laughs> how about the mission where you uh are stealth into the into the private island and you've got guan who I, I never really trusted guan but you've got guan with the sniper and he's trying to take out diego and you kind of throw yourself in there and then old mate clara gets uh Taken yeah, out. she gets shot. Like the face of the revolution, the one that's going to become, I guess, female presidente for all intents and purposes. Mm. She gets killed, and you're like, "What? Mm. What's going on?" But even like the um, one of the young rebels, uh, that sort of from from the young group, you know, sort of like the redheaded baseball fan. Mm -hmm. How she gets gunned down in like that the poisonous gas that kills her, yeah. and like there's some moments. And I'm Carlos, like, Carlos got taken yeah. out. So many moments like that. Where I'm like, okay, no one is safe in this game. And I love that because it kept me on my toes. It kept me caring about these characters. And they did the same with the the host of sub bosses you have. Like they introduce them all. They give you a bit of backstory, show them, show you who they are and a bit of personality yeah. and how they slot in. So you really start to not appreciate. Well, you appreciate the writing and the, the depth that Ubisoft have gone to make you care or hate these people. But- yeah. The fact that they didn't go, go kill baddie X, Y, Z. They're like, you know, this is who this person is. This is why they're doing it. You get some good cutscenes. You get some good phone interactions. And it's so great. I've got to quickly ask on this front because there's one of these sub bosses, which is the, the Canadian businessman. And you end up capturing this guy on this big sea barge after many 
chasings around the island of this fella and you get to him and then Juan calls you and goes, don't kill this guy. We've just made a deal. He's going to bankroll our, you know, our um, Libertad. We're going to, you know, get what we need. Don't kill him. The second I hung that phone up, <laughs> shot him in the head straight away and killed the dude. Me too. But like, yeah, I did too. Juan never said anything. I know. They never that. acknowledged it. Um, I thought it was going to be like, Danny, what did you do that for? Like, yeah. And or there would have some consequence in the game, but it really but nothing. didn't. Um, so I loved that you could kill him, but I didn't like the lack of uh, consequence. And I, I was yeah. hoping that you didn't shoot him so I could find out. If it, if I it thought sh- you wouldn't have, because I know you're a bit more pure well, no, than me, so I'm like... Uh, uh, see, when they tell me not to do something in a game, I always like to see if I can do it. So I'm a sucker for trying to like shoot my um, NPC side characters and and friends and that kind of thing, trying to see how much... like t- Trying to try to break the game, see if they'll stop you from doing something. But um, yeah, they let me shoot him, and I did shoot him, because I didn't like it's him. It's funny too, because I shot him, and he didn't die straight away. He just fell to the ground. He was like face down, but he was still like yeah. moving and talking a little bit. And I'm like, oh, do I do I just walk away now? And he's like, you've ruined the deal. The deal's uh, off. And I'm like, well, i got to finish off now then, brother. And poof, another one I killed him, and then left. But yeah, Juan never reprimanded me or anything. Yeah, what did you think of Juan? Because I feel like he was sketchy from, from the Yeah, I, I didn't trust him. Yeah. Didn't trust him because he's like telling you to do deals and don't tell Clara yeah. and doing this and that. And he's got deals with other people. You know, we'll talk about later when we jump into the ending stuff soon. But you know, he's he's an old gorilla and he's an old wild dodgy dealer and he's made th- made it this way in life and he's a bit of a legend. So mm. I respect that. But yeah, I don't trust the dude, man. Yeah. Don't trust him at all. I was waiting for him to shoot me. Or like turncoat me yeah. all the way through through the game. When, in that mission where you go around and do the dead drops and uh, get captured, I thought that he was going to be the one that kind of handed the, handed the you over. out. Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, they didn't go that way. Uh, I'm glad they didn't because it's you know it's, it was good to have that. Uh, I guess that the loss of um of Clara of Clara as he. <laughs> As he kind of caused that. I was a bit disappointed that Danny didn't kind of push back against him more. I kept waiting for, for that to happen where he said, hey, we're not we're not going after the kid. I'm doing this my way and get behind me. Like, you didn't really have that moment where Danny stood up to him. Um, but, yeah. She was very, re- or she or he, like, whichever Danny you were playing, they're very reluctant for the spotlight and for yeah. any type of power and control. They're like, no, I'm just good with guns. I'm a gorilla. Just let me do my thing. I don't want any power. I don't want any responsibility. And at the end, you ultimately sort of have it thrust upon you. And the Jet speech, the, yeah, the air quotes, the motivational speech that you that you say to your your group of misfits in Libertad is fantastic. And I think it really embodied. Danny really well in that moment. They didn't suddenly become this larger-than-life superhuman. They're like, yeah, let's go get this guy. You know, they were a bumbling mess and the words were terrible and everyone's like, yeah, cool, man, or cool, lady, let's go. Like, woohoo. <laughs> like, it was so good. Yeah. I love that part. Yeah, that was good. Good times. Uh, any other standout missions or side quests for you? The the other one, um, there was a side quest I got because there there is... Uh, cockfighting in this game and that is a little bit controversial mm. uh, in this game and there is many an animal that gets mowed down in this game so if you are sensitive to shoot you shoot a lot of dogs so many so if you are Ali wouldn't get 
10 minutes into this game. No. You kill many, many evil dogs which are embodied by the, the Doberman or the Rottweiler breeds mm-hmm. in this game. They're typecast as a villain dog as as per usual. Um, yeah, so, so jumping back, there is cockfighting in this where you can have uh, side-scroll fighter elements where you, you select your rooster and you fight another rooster and you can bet on this and, and you actually, you know, you can do certain attacks and kicks and moves and mm. it's it's a whole thing and it's hilarious and it's the best. I'm surprised they got that into the game, to be honest. Me too. Me too, actually. I thought that would have got snipped for sure, <laughs> it was, but it, it it's was, in there. It was in Sleeping Dogs as well, but that was more like you bet on the, the cocks instead of uh, yeah, you, you weren't controlling, controlling them. them. Yeah, but um, yeah, I guess it's... Yeah, they got away with it somehow. Yeah, Pete, it's, Peter it's wouldn't there, be happy. And but... you, um, you find random sort of uh, little crates around the island with with other roosters in there that fight better than the one you might have at the time. But there's a side quest I went on where I guess you could say the 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 ring leader of this uh, cockfighting league at the at the gorilla encampment sends you off because he hears that a disgruntled. Uh, you know, cockfighter contestant has been experimenting on roosters. Stole and his so spurs you, too. Yeah, first one, yeah. Mm. Stole the spurs. You go get the spurs back, which um, obviously for a lot of um, cockfight purists out there, they actually do put weaponry on the talons of roosters to make it more bloody and more hectic uh, so they can slice up their prey a little, or their, their competitor more. So you do that part. Then the next one is, yeah, he's been... Like engineer, like scientifically engineering and enhancing these roosters with steroids and experimentation, and so you go to this old abandoned bunker, and you go down into this labyrinth, and it becomes really dark and decrepit and dank, and there's stuff on the walls, a la like um, LV four two six, the ship from Aliens, and then there's a couple of lines in there about oh they're coming out of the walls and game over, man. Like there's so many nods to the movie Aliens in there, and you've got these twisted scientifically enhanced roosters that are hellspawn coming at you from everywhere and jumping at you and clawing at you and cawing at you and pecking and you're killing them and then you're getting chased by them as you're running out and it's a whole thing and I was just equal parts terrified in stitches and just in love because it was just so many nods to James Cameron's Aliens, one of my favourite movies of all time and just crazy insanity with just twisted enhanced roosters coming at you and then for a few missions after that, there was just groups of roosters roaming the streets. <laughs> like, as I mentioned in the non-spoiler, where I'd be trying to take down a a bloody, um, like, a, a checkpoint or something, and a gang of roosters start coming in and messing me up and these enemies, and it was just a thing, and I loved it. And the Chikaron story arc where you get him to become your amigo and you're running around killing dogs, and then you've got to climb to these high points and, like, you graffiti Chikaron <laughs> on the highest point of the building and the roost's like, <laughs> you know, you're throwing down with this guy and it was just insane, but I loved every second of that. Yeah, that was definitely one of the more, like, surreal kind of side quests that uh, I guess Far Cry is known for over the years. But, yeah, I, I-, I loved that too, like... Following this rooster around, doing his bidding, basically like whatever, yeah. whatever he wants to do, I'm just gonna follow from behind. He wants to like mess with this farmer, or he wants to like destroy this car. Sure, I'm just standing behind you. Uh, I-, I played that uh, the bunker rooster mission today. It was. Did you say it was two missions? Because it was only, it was just one. The one for me. You go get the spurs, and they're deep underground in in the bunker. No, it was another. I did another mission after that as well. So, so I returned the spurs. 
Well, well, the Spurs you got in a bunker, and then there was another bunker with the enhanced mm. experimented roosters because okay. I there was like three missions for that dude. Okay. I think all up. Yeah, I just did the one, and I, I didn't get the aliens references when I was in there, so I was confused if I had missed them because there is like you walk in and there's like a bunch of roosters like in like a lab that have been messed with so i thought that's what you were talking about but i guess there's another mission i haven't done yet yeah yeah and then the one after that there was that and then there was a second one where you had to yeah get something from them and then there's another one where you got to get the eggs you got to return an egg back as well like it's a whole thing i'll have to to get into that yeah yeah, they're running rampant, though, uh, them angry angry roosters. But, I took um, Chikarone down there with me, and he took out, like, 20 roosters. <laughs> I didn't have him at the time yeah. when I did it. I just had Guapo with me. But, yeah, Chikarone, he's a wild boy. Mm. He's a wild boy. And I love the, obviously, can you can you pet it yeah. that you see on yeah. the internet? And all, all your amigos, you can pet or attempt to pat them. Except for the rooster. Chikarone, he doesn't want no pats. Guapo will allow you to have a pat. After he tries to bite you and like, you know, give you a little hiss, but it's so good. It's so good. There's so many crazy, crazy missions. There's a lot of like celebratory getting on the booze missions where you get very drunk and you got to go here or there or you're partying and whatever else. I thought they could probably have done with a couple of less of those. I think there was maybe three or four of those all up, maybe. Yeah, I feel like each area, like each faction had its own like celebration. Like one of them was jumping in the water to get the grill one of them was drinking with with paz and there wasn't one thing that i I was going to say for my last word is that finally a far cry game with no drug trips because that's a staple of the franchise that i've always hated because i I hate hallucination sequences But you do have a drug trip well i haven't had a drug trip and i turned off like not as in taking like recreational drugs when the the doctor injects you remember and you got to try and make it back to the safe house uh, because you've right, been injected actually there is a drug trip and you're driving along <laughs> in the car you do get Damn a drug it, trip you're right i forgot about that it wasn't as annoying i guess as some of the other ones that you get where you go into like a fantasy world completely um yeah i i hate that stuff in games it's a trope that that's always just grinds my gears but uh used to minimal effect in this game and i did not like there's a lot of accessibility options which you know shout out to ubisoft for adding that into the game but one of them was like drunk effects and i turned drunk effects off so i don't know if i missed out on some of that's probably a smart choice because it uh it happens it can be uh tough sledding when you've had a (laughs) couple of bottles of that rum yeah uh i guess after sort of talking the positives and our favorite moments what about our least favorite moments nitpicks and gripes then we can jump into sort of what we thought of the yeah. ending and then maybe last word um no like m- really moments in the game that i was like oh that sucked or like anything that disappointed me in that regard um i th- i was gonna say like for all the improvements it doesn't really stray from the formula um, of far cry as far as the st- story goes like it's more deep and it has that depth with the characters that we've already talked about which is a great thing but as far as like the general formula it's still very much you've got a charismatic villain who's ruling over the land the resistance needs to rise up but you need one person to kind of lead the way and unite all the locals and do all the legwork to get there while everyone else just kind of stands around that's in every far cry game uh, and it's certainly the case here. So on paper, 
just talking about it in in that way it's the same as what we've experienced it's just that the payoff is probably more rewarding with those cutscenes at the end of it so it can be a pro or a con if you're a fan of it then you're going to get more of it if you are a fan but want something different then you might be disappointed uh, sorry you might be disappointed unless those cutscenes and that extra depth in the characters is enough to kind of um be a, a good payoff which for me it was actually so all things considered I, I i wasn't disappointed by the sameness of of this game like a lot of the reviews have been like you said at the top 74 75 metacritic feels a bit low to me yeah i i think i think anywhere from say 75 to say early 80s i wouldn't yeah. really bat an eyelid to like i'm like anywhere in that i think is probably what i'd i'd sort of quantify my time and experience with this game was like yeah. if, if i'd played I, if i'd played far cry 5 even as recently as like last year i probably would have enjoyed it a lot less because of that like sameness and i think that a lot of the critiques were just like oh it's just another far cry game with a new skin or a new map and in some ways it is uh, and in some ways it's not but yeah i think that is like where you fall on whether whether you find this repetitive is probably going to be that factor between is it a 72 or is it an 82 yeah yeah well said very well said like i sort of touched on at this like in the non-spoiler i thought that the overall length of the mainline game could be shaved a little bit so mm-hmm. that's that's probably one of my least favorite moments there was a few times not often i gotta say like through this 20 to 30 hour jaunt i loved it but there was a few times like come on man just this quest is irrelevant just why does it need to be here i don't care let's move but like what you said too i wished that we did like fair enough this is the the danny rojas hero story you know you're seeing he or she rise to power and become this uh this face of libertad and this face of the revolution and whatever and that's awesome but maybe even though we have to do everything in the group maybe if they could have lent more on you know you're out there doing these things but then you get a call from clara and she's like one's just done this or you're talking to group x1 they're like we've just taken over this area or you get an update that something else has been overthrown to make it feel like more people are doing stuff it feels like everyone else is just sitting around getting on the piss (laughs) and like hanging out in their little bunkers and you're doing everything else so maybe if they could try and just imply that somebody else is doing something you know i'd feel a little less cheated because like man i've i got the whole nation on my back here doing everything and yeah, I'm the best marksman and gorilla in this group, but come on, where's where's my teamwork? Yeah, there's, there's a few missions where it's like, okay, Philly's going to do this and the other person's going to run point and you're going to be up in the belt clock tower or whatever it is. Like, I guess there's that type of mission. But when it boils down to it, it's, it's you doing all the... Work. Yeah. You're flying the planes, you're, you know, doing the drop-offs. You're building the plane, yeah. <laughs> flying the plane, taking the goods in and out of the plane fueling up the plane, putting the plane online when you need to sell it for another plane. You are doing the whole thing. You are Libertad. Pretty much, yeah. Which is fine, but yeah, you know what? Give me, let me at least feel like someone else has helped me in the background more often than not instead of just a phone call to say, yo, have you done this? Have you called this person yet? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've been busy. I've also just killed 300 men Uh -uh. as I stormed in to steal something. Like, you're welcome. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of body count, like big body count in this game. Must be the I, I couldn't find it anywhere in the game to sort of look up the stats of the amount of people I've killed, and it'd be four figures easy, yeah. easily four figures. Yeah, mass murder. Yep, so many. But you do it with a smile, and then you get on the cans and mm-hmm. have a good time. But um, we sort of might jump into, I guess, what we thought of the ending and how it all played out. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought. It was really, really, really well handled. It was a emotional roller coaster through the entirety of this journey as, as Danny and trying to overthrow El Presidente. But when you finally catch him and he's cornered and he's he's trapped in this in this room and he's there with his son Diego and, and obviously the cancer has really, really caught on. Like that's one cool thing they did in this in this game is you can sort of see this is this game isn't played out over the span of like a weekend or something in real time. It's it's done over weeks or months because you can see El Presidente's health just degrading every time you meet him and he's looking more and more ill and closer and closer to death. And by the time you finally catch capture him up in the penthouse suite, uh, you know, he looks like death's going to get him tomorrow anyway. But instead of letting Libertad kill him or make an example of him or hang him up like they did with one of his generals... He slices his own throat and goes out on his own terms. But the part that, I, like, maybe I was I too naive in thinking this took me by surprise, JP, but he shoots his own son first too because, like, he asked Danny, is my son going to be okay with you or something, paraphrasing completely, like, and Danny's yeah. like, we're going to look after him. He's going to be fine. But the pride and just the stubbornness and just the pig-headedness of El Presidente is like, that's not going to happen. If he's not my son, he's nobody's. Shoots his son in the guts and then slices his own throat. And I was just like, what? I was so lost. Yeah. I still don't entirely understand that. Like, was it like, was there any way he would see his son survive? I guess not. If like He, he said that his son was basically bred because he was diagnosed with this illness. So he was, I guess, meant to take over. And so the fact that he had lost the battle himself meant that the son was basically had no purpose in living. Yeah. So- Maybe the only thing I could think of was because Diego in his in El Presidente's eyes showed moments of weakness and restraint where he's like, no, don't kill her or don't kill yeah. Danny or Danny saved me. So maybe because he wasn't as cold and hard as he has been trying to yeah. raise this kid to be. Maybe that's why I shot him, because ultimately he knew he wouldn't grow up to fulfill his his dream of becoming the next El Presidente. Mm. It definitely took me by surprise. Um, I think, you know, talking about Diego as a character, that that's, that's a part of the game that I think probably surprised me the most. I didn't, you know, I knew that Juan Carlo was going to have a presence and be a a villain that you couldn't take your eyes off but the story i didn't expect to be so engrossed in the story of this kid and is the kid good is the kid bad is he empathetic is he just like his dad is it bubbling beneath the surface like some kind of anakin skywalker kind of thing going on there so to see like first of all when he shot the general that was torturing you i was like wow that, that was a that was a shocking moment that was a very shocking moment to me. Um, and then for him to get taken out at the end, what actually ends up happening to him, like, he's... To Diego? Yeah. Does he actually... 
Did he make it? Did he die? I can't remember. He did. He did. He died. Yep. Right. That's pretty heavy, like, to just kill off a kid in a game. Yeah. You, so. you don't see that very often in games at all. And for it to just be like, bang, bang, like, out of nowhere, completely unexpected. Like, obviously, he was cornered and desperate and he knew that was the only way out for him and his family in El Presidente's eyes. But I still did not expect that. I just had an envision that this was then going to flash forward, like, 10, 20 years and Diego was going to be ruling mm. Yara but with like not an iron fist, but instead he's dead with his dad and his mom. Yeah, I thought that might be a cool way to, to kind of do like a Red Dead redemption and like the flash forward and, and now he's the dictator and he, that's why you have to continue playing in the end game to kind of wipe out all the the, the remnants or the rising from his people. Um, and there is a, there is an end game, which I'm surprised like they've they've gone to a bit more detail and depth to have like an insurgents um from from yeah, that team so time-based weekly missions or weekly story arcs where you've still got splinters of of el presidente's army still out there and figureheads mm-hmm. are rising and they're just taking over certain parts of an island for a week at a time and you've got to go in there and, and do four little submissions to then reveal the location of this new general and then you've got to kill them to uh, stop the insurgency, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Makes me want to go back. I, I did one uh, yesterday or the day before, finished this week's one. It was really cool. Yeah, it's it's good. Like It, it gives you more reason to play, especially now that you've t- kind of taken the story and it's a bit more appealing to go back and play in co-op with a friend um, I think, but anyway, after the credits, you get this scene with with Juan, or at least you hear their voices as he's having this conversation with a smuggler. What did you take away from that? I I, I don't think it's like a, it wasn't like a heel turn necessarily. It was more just to kind of like this guy wasn't all he was making himself out to be. Yeah, so Juan is uh, selling this this cancer treatment drug to this in air quotes smuggler. Who sounds a lot like Vaz to me, JP? So they've already they've already confirmed with um, future DLC for this game. There's going to be free content where you're going to see Vaz not only come back, but Pagan Min from Far Cry Four and Joseph Seed from Far Cry Five. You're also getting um, a Danny Trejo uh, inspired Rambo esque mission. And somehow you're getting a crossover mission with Stranger Things coming to Far Cry Six. Uh, I don't know how. Okay. That's gonna work. Everything else makes sense, uh, but if we're gonna get some DLC, <laughs> I don't like. I don't know how the Joseph Seed one really plays into it with the timelines, but okay, sure. Like the end of Far Cry Five was pretty, you know, conclusive. But anyway, <laughs> I think I think we might get maybe these baddies in maybe some form of multiplayer option potentially. Yeah. That's the only way I could, yeah, see it play out, especially like, yeah, with what happened with Joseph C. The end of five, but um, yeah, Vars who got stabbed many, many times in three, but that was also in some kind of like hallucinogenic dream sequence where you were never completely sure if it was fact or fiction. But he's a great character, yeah. and he's going to play a part in Far Cry Six somehow or Far Cry Seven. But he's definitely going to play a part in some upcoming DLC content. Oh, DLC for Far Cry 6, which I'm excited for. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> the actor that plays him, Michael Mando, has only become huge since Far Cry 3 too, like with his run on um, Better Call Saul amongst some other appearances. He's 
done really well for himself. I love seeing him pop up here and there. But there is a there is a secret ending. I don't know if you saw this one, Brendan. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I read about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, tell tell the listeners about this secret ending as well, JP. So if you are a trophy hunter like myself, you'll notice there's a, a trophy for escaping to Miami, which I figured was just finishing the game. But it's not. If you get in a boat or plane and leave the map, you actually trigger a cutscene where Danny finds him or herself on the beach of, of Miami, kicking back and relaxing with a with a cocktail and a radio playing and it's you know, newsreader talks about this uh failed coup in uh Yaren Yara? Yeah, whatever it's called. Yara. Yeah, Yara. And um, how, you know, the resistance leaders were all killed by the dictator. And um, it's basically like, I guess, the bad ending because Danny's there. All his friends have been killed and he's sitting on the beach. Um, and then it just kicks you back. If you hit continue after the credits, like you do get a full credits roll in the trophy. But if you hit continue, it puts you back in... Um, in where you were before you left and a weird like some kind of comment from the player like oh that like uh, i've got a weird feeling or something like that or i'm back here again it feels like a deja vu or something it's so great so i just love that because they allude to it a lot like before you're fully on board with libertad you're constantly saying i'm just going to do this mission Mm -hmm. then get me a boat and i'm out of here you know i'm done this isn't for me and the fact that you've got that freedom to do that and then trigger this ending where you hear clara gets shot down and killed again anyway yeah, um, I think it's really cool. It is, and it, it continues the at least from Far Cry Four. I know, like, there's an ending at the beginning of that game where you can just deliver a package to Pagan Min like you're meant to, or you know, you can just kill him straight away. Like, there's a few different things yep. you can do at the start of that game to just end the whole thing before it begins. And I, I love that they mess with the, I guess, the timeline in in that way and um just it's, it's kind of just a fun easter egg and and like a butterfly effecty kind of alternate reality that they open up the opportunity to explore yeah 100 man 100 well i guess this sort of brings us to the back end of this episode of spoiler cast taken on far cry 6 jp what is your last word on far cry 6 for the listeners i think this might be my favorite far cry game i don't know if it's the best one but it's the one that i've probably enjoyed the story of the most and i did like five and i did like I, i've liked all of them really they've all had their own little things that have made them stand out but yeah i, I just think that the the combination of of them i guess having been around the block a few times and taking out things that didn't work and adding a few um quality of life improvements i guess you could call them and that mixed in with just like the the hardware and the performance of the current generation of consoles that we're playing on. Cross that with Juan Carlos Esposito. What's his name? Yeah. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, you yeah I did. You I, did. I, I questioned myself. But yeah, adding him to the mix instead of just another, you know, Troy Baker or whatever that we're used to hearing all the time. It's just so good to see someone with his presence and it feels like you're actually watching him. Like it, it looks just like oh, him. Yeah. The, the, you know, the graphics aren't the top, the very, very top of what you can achieve in games, but they enough that you kind of suspend disbelief and think that you're kind of just watching him play out a scene 
instead of a, yeah. a mocap uh, sequence. So, you know, all those things I've just mentioned, and maybe a touch of recency bias, but I think that uh, this is I think this is my favorite Far Cry, and one that after finishing I could see myself getting back to or playing a bit of co-op and just enjoying uh, with no drug trips. <laughs> Yeah, even though there was that one, but that was required. It made sense. But um, I'm with you, man. Like, uh, I had an absolute bucket load of fun playing Far Cry 6. Doesn't mean the game is perfect or not without its warts. There is still a few things where they could improve. But just like you said, mirroring your thoughts, it's still probably my favorite entry into the Far Cry series uh, to date. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually trying Colt for the first time. Sadly, it's not cross-play, otherwise mm. we could play together. So I need to find someone on Xbox to uh, play with me so I can feel that out. But I love the assortment of larger-than-life characters mixed in with not only big emotional uppercuts, but hilariously chaotic combat. And it all just comes together to create one of my favorite games of the year, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I've had so much fun the last couple of weeks playing this game. It's just been what I've been looking for after a couple of big, big games back to back to back. And like, Deathloop was phenomenal. I really enjoyed that. But I think I maybe enjoyed the minute to minute gameplay of Far Cry 6 more than I did Deathloop which is a big thing to say. Both really good games, both very yeah, different very games. Different. Despite looking similar, you know, they're both first-person shooters with stealth yeah. or action and and story, but yeah, they're, they're very different. And I think I think Deathloop's originality has probably got it a little bit ahead as, as more memorable yeah. Than, yeah. than this game for me at this point. But yeah, I can I can certainly see where you're coming from. And for a game that's just, you know, now it's... I guess it's the eighth Far Cry game if you include New Dawn and Primal. Uh, it's or oh, and Blood Dragon. I guess you could throw in there too. It's certainly. I feel like it's moving in the right direction as far as yeah. You know these the repetition you see from Ubisoft sometimes with Assassin's Creed games and kind of losing their way and revamping them or relaunching and starting fresh and making these big changes to, to that franchise to kind of keep it fresh. They're not trying to do that here. No. They're just iterating to get it to the point that they know they've got the right idea. They just need to nail it. And I think that they nailed it with this one. I, 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 at the same time, I can see the franchise finding ways to keep improving. I think Far Cry yeah. 7 and 8 and 9 and 10 will be doing that more i hope uh maybe they'll maybe they'll make a game in australia one day i was literally <laughs> just about to say that i'm like where's their next location gonna be maybe out in the outback or something yeah, like that a, out in some remote cattle station a little rogue community where it's probably not densely populated enough but uh, i'm sure like yeah, that's true so they could figure out you know some alternate reality or future if they have to yeah, just on a on a continent called Straya. Yeah. <laughs> they just call it Straya just to avoid any any issues there. But yeah, it, it feels like Ubisoft will fire on all cylinders with this game for 95% of what you experience. And I really enjoyed it and JP really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. And I think we can both probably say that that makes this game officially 8-bit approved. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for something that's going to take... 20, 30, 40, 50 plus hours, especially with a whole host of free downloadable content coming your way in the near future, this game could be one for you. So uh, yeah, if you've got a little bit extra pocket money and you're looking for 
some more of that familiar Far Cry hotness, this is certainly a worthwhile purchase. But uh, yeah, Far Cry 6, officially 8-bit approved. Thanks again to Ubisoft for uh, providing us copies on Xbox as well as PlayStation. Uh, find myself on the socials at Brendan8bit. Find Jono at Jono himself. Find us as a whole at We Are 8-Bit. Be sure to rate, re subscribe us and all the pod- other uh, and all the other podcasts you listen to on the reg. Takes no time, costs no money, helps keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Thanks again to Audio Technic for making us sound and hear things as good as humanly possible. Mm. But John, are you got anything else you want to say before we close this bad boy down? I got a few uh, putting in work episodes coming into the the feed, so check those out. Pat Contry, the NES Punk, got one going up with. Uh, Old mate Johnny Galvatron from the Artful Escape that just came out, and you might have heard that as part of PAX Radio, but if you missed it, that'll be going up in a couple of weeks, as well as my panel that I'll turn into a podcast soon. So just keep an eye on putting in work and Comedy Rewind and all the other great 8-bit content. Plenty of content to consume all the way up until Christmas, so yeah, keep your uh, attention locked onto 8bit.net or those 8-bit-related podcast feeds. But until next time, 8-Bit Nation, it, is our bit, it has been our pleasure to spoil things for you. Much love. Stay hungry. <laughs>